1: Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be here with Bobby Wallach from Shared Economy Services. Bobby, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for inviting me, Seth. So you've got a really, really unique business model. Tell everybody watching or listening, what is Shared Economy Services?
0: Shared Economy Services is uh, an innovative approach to resolve a couple of issues. First one is the uh, ride-sharing, food delivery, package delivery businesses are, by, by their design, uh, fatally flawed, existentially flawed, we think. And the cost that drives that is the cost of auto insurance. The second thing is, with that cost being absorbed by the companies and estimates, and if you read their financial statements, it's very hard. Uber is very good at hiding it. But the estimate is between 50 and 60% of their revenue. Now you have the advent with great certainty of the need to supply benefits, basic benefits that an employee would get. I can define that because that is the the, uh, drive internationally is to declare drivers employees.
1: Okay. So obviously if drivers who are now 1099 independent contractors – And on their own, if they suddenly get if their status is suddenly changed to employees, that affects a whole. That's a global sea change. I mean, that changes a whole lot of things. Talk a little bit about what that how that change, how that affects everyone. Well, you
0: know, it's affecting already. Uh, The U.K. declared Uber drivers employees. Europe is in the course of sweeping across Europe with it. It's not in Europe, so it's not their problem. What it is, is like anybody's company, employee benefits are probably 20 to 30% of cost. So if you add, last time I looked, and you know, my, my graduate degrees, which of course were earned when coal heated the, the school building, that's about 80% to 90% of your revenue is going to two costs, and which of course makes it impossible to operate. So the solution cannot be a traditional one. You know, there are those voices that call for a, quote unquote, third way. And there's no reason for a third way. It, it's actually in my mind, and that's what Shared Economy Services is, 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 it, is a whole sea change of intellectual property that we can, with a new capital security of mine, replace auto liability insurance. And we can use the same model to replace workers' compensation, disability, unemployment, provide life insurance, uh, and an integrated healthcare and retirement structure all outside the traditional structure, which means we don't have the same regulatory oversight costs or restrictions. We can let it hang out. And trust me, Seth, we do.
1: Okay. So obviously that is a monumental undertaking. Talk a little bit about how the business got started.
0: It got started when I realized Um, that there was a mathematical moment occurring. Everybody has their own moment. Tragically, mine is mathematical. But there has never been this confluence of identical risk. Insurance companies operate on the concept of widely diversified risk. But if you look at all of the variables, and I think there's 38 that have to do with this world, these are people doing the same thing every day, essentially in the same place, different times, four different time zones, different weather, different, you know, all the variables of life. For the TNCs, you you have four time periods that have been established, both by the TNCs for their own operating benefit. And then sadly enough for them, the states decided to take advantage of it. Period zero, one, two, three. Zero, I'm driving personally, nobody's problem but mine. And I'm going to skip one for the moment and go to two and three, which is I've taken a hail. Clearly, any court, any anybody is going to haul my sponsor in at that moment, be it DoorDash, you know, whoever it is, they're coming in. And then three, which is simplistic, somebody's in the car. Period one, when Kalanick and the others designed ride sharing, which, you know, A monetization of an underutilized asset, i.e. my car when I'm not driving it, is a great idea. And it's now been extended to everything except garbage pails, and I'm working on that too. But this is much bigger, so I'm going to leave that aside for the moment. But the personal auto insurance policy specifically excludes that. The insurance industry caught on to this when the magnitude of numbers and drivers and exposure began multiplying at, you know, extraordinary rate. There used to be an insurance company, it may still be alive, named James River. That was the first to insure Uber. You know, I think they're under the traditional sense of public companies, so have to be careful. In my opinion, they're in resuscitation uh, because they didn't understand the fundamental basics of auto insurance. Well, now period one. Period one is I turn on my app. I'm looking for work. I don't have it yet. Uber and Lyft and those guys, then push that back to the driver. But they couldn't push it back to the driver because his policy didn't allow it to happen. Quickly, if you, if you were just to test the system for a sense of humor and called in an accident report to your insurance company, here's the sequence of questions. and We won't go far. One is, are you safe, secure, and out of the way? Yes. Two, are you driving for a ride-sharing company? So we can see the importance in life. You're alive? Good. Can you make a claim? Two. So, in my opinion, and I've written Seth, as you know, I, in the days of my youth, I uh, did about fifteen billion of non-standard auto. I called it, you know, non-standard, standard, preferred, and subterranean. I mean, we were down there. Uh, we ran a seventy-six point five combined combined on almost fifteen billion dollars of the business. Asterisk, I fixed the game. And I had the help of legislatures in the insurance industry in fixing it. It was called the assigned risk, and it was 11% of the market. In this case, I realized that period one is really period zero. I can't take a hail. It's not like I can dive across the street. Nothing should change in my driving habit and awareness when I'm in period one. And period one is about 40% of the time I'm in working at all because the car is empty about half the time. Well, Uber and Lyft, you know, they said it's if it, the accidents. you if you go back and look in Google at the old policy forms uh, and the language describing it, you had to be at fault or they weren't on. It. And if you didn't have the right coverage, which was 94 percent of the people, I think that's come down a little bit because it's a very expensive increase in your insurance, given that you're only using the car part time. It was um, something they just didn't do. And then not doing it, you had, you know, the proverbial insurance brawl, break out. The accident happens. It's my fault. No, it's his fault. No, it's not my fault. Uber and Lyft stand back and go, oh, no, we only have 50 and 100. That's all we're going to do. And then the states began to disagree. Uh, So in California, at least, there's a good example. You're on it in period one. No matter whose fault, you're paying and then you can work it out with the driver later. That exposure from an actuarial and statistical basis is fatal. So what we've done is we've covered everything. Now, people will say, okay, that's a commercial auto policy. Because that's what commercial auto does. But a commercial auto policy is anywhere from six dollars to $10,000 a year. And driving 70 hours a week with an, I think I saw it in another site, they estimated the average rideshare guy's insurance at $2400 a year. So if you can put 12 million people in one spot, one coverage instead of 12 million policies. That's a bit of an administrative saving. If you then have the only tool in the industry where you can underwrite both the number the people individually and the number of people, which, of course, is directly, you know, it's anathema to the ride-sharing companies. They don't get valued in the market on earnings. Ha ha ha, Merry Christmas. They get valued in the market on growth, like many other things they their growth. Well, and that means more and more and more and more drivers and inflating fares. And they've done that. The problem is, from an insurer's perspective, that's anathema. I can't underwrite you because they're just going to take you. And I can't control the volume because that's the direct opposite of the interest of the ride-sharing company. And that is opportunity. And the mathematics say, if you can create a way, which I did, to go to what, you know, Seth, you and I both know it is probable maximum loss. You know, the term actually, I think, came out of the Florida hurricane insurance world. If you can do that, then you can come up with an entirely different way of pricing and evaluating it. The other thing is the results on this business are so God awful that no insurance company will take the risk. So a hundred percent of the cost, this is not like self-insurance. Okay. This is not like you taking the risk and somebody else doing the work. This is like everything. So they have fronting companies. I believe it's uh, all state progressive Liberty and farmers. I don't believe it. I know it, but I'm playing coy. Um, they front and a hundred percent of the costs get passed back. Also a fronting fee, also a service fee.
1: So, so are you distributing of- this is then Uber and Lyft your clients? Are you going after the 12 million drivers? Or are you doing both? Um, I'm doing both and
0: I'm going after DoorDash, Grubhub, the 15 minute guys. If you drive, I call it logistical. If you drive, whatever you deliver, food, people, packages, first mile, last mile, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You got two hours, I'm stopping at my girlfriend's house. Whatever it is that you're doing in a car, I'm going to sweep you all into one player. I'm going to consolidate the entire logistics market under one roof.
1: That's one heck of a beehag
0: Yeah, it is. It's going like, to be a lot of fun, but we go further. If you look at what drivers want, if you look at the you know the benefit surveys and the interviews and all that, one, they want they want income. Two, they want predictability or certainty of income. Three, they would love benefits. Four, they want to control their own fate. You know, I've been very disappointed in the general i q across the board, but in this particular area, where these, you know, the ride sharing and other guys have gotten a law passed in California, which ultimately got reversed. And by the way, whatever they say, they've lost that one. Those are not, those are not benefits. That's BS. That's all mathematically calculated to pay as few people as little as possible. I'm talking about when we stand up, we will have one player with pre-programmable time. So you can set up a week or two weeks of people, packages, food. We changed the entire business model without going into that. Obviously, I, you know, i I for your sake, because you're a very nice guy, I hope somebody else is listening. So there's three of us here, but um, we changed the entire business model. It's not we're no longer revenue sharing. You make your fare, you keep it.
1: Well, that is absolutely fascinating. Um, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable when you're out changing the world. For our folks watching and listening who want to learn more about what it is that you're up to, where is the best place for us to send them?
0: Well, I'd love to tell you the Federal Reserve and, you know, and I'm banking there, but it's not. But you can reach me at uh, RMW, which coincidentally are my initials. That's how I came up with it. RMW at Shared Economy Services, one word,
1: dot com and watch. And the website is shared economy services. This is Bobby Wallach. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Seth, a lot of fun. Anytime. Thanks, everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Take care. Take
0: care.